Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today we have a wonderful guest with a wonderful name. (laughs) Sammy Walker Herrera is a certified career coach and accountability coach with Self-Made Millennial, a career coaching startup that reaches an audience of over half a million people and is known for its award-winning job search YouTube channel. In this role, Sammy personalizes and checks in on goals for over 45 clients, meets with job seekers in a weekly coaching session, and leads content curation for YouTube, LinkedIn, and Instagram platforms. She earned dual bachelor degrees in psychology and Hispanic studies from Carnegie Mellon University and graduated from the master's program in student affairs and higher education from Slippery Rock University of Pennsylvania. In her spare time, Sammy dances salsa, bachata, and meringue while jamming to Juan Lewis. Gara Ballads. <laughs> She's working on crafting the perfect vegan taco recipe and chats on the phone with friends and family back home in Texas and in Pittsburgh. Thank you so much for being here. I could talk with you about your bio alone. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. I'm glad I made it intriguing enough. And definitely anyone listening to this podcast, and of course you too, Samantha, I'd love to dig deeper into that at any point. So I don't know. Uh, most people listening know I have two dogs and my youngest is named Dallas because I'm a huge Cowboys fan. So generally, anytime I meet someone from Texas, that's the first thing I talk about. But this will be a little different because other people want to know more about you. Um, <laughs> so tell everyone about your business and you and kind of how we connected and what you have to bring um, to this audience in particular. Oh, definitely. Perfect. Well, um, hi, Sammy here uh, for folks. Uh, I am the first full-time employee of a career coaching startup called Self-Made Millennial. And like you mentioned in my bio, um, we're best known for content through YouTube that Madeline Mann has been developing over the past almost four years. I believe the anniversary of Self-Made Millennial is coming up in October, which is super exciting. And so she and I met actually because I um, was participating in some a free webinar that she was a part of. I signed up for her list. I was checking out her YouTube videos and I signed up for her LinkedIn coaching course. And so through that, like we were able to build a relationship. She brought me on for freelance work while supporting her building out PowerPoint presentations to educate high school students on early career preparation. And from that relationship, from being able to get a sense of For even myself, like living, working, breathing, the startup environment, we made the decision together that it would be great to work together. So I've been working full time with her uh, since August of 2021. How amazing. And for anyone listening, she's going to be on the show later this year, sometime in October or November. So we'll learn more about her. Um, Tell us how your life interfered or collided a little bit with work um, recently? Yeah, let's see. And so thinking about life, thinking about work, I realized this past summer, I was kind of like 
as I was making my career transition from a completely different industry. So I was working in higher education. I was in student affairs, just like my master's degree. So I worked in diversity inclusion. I'd worked in service learning for a bit or was learning about that. And of course I was working in career services where I was really building out my own like coaching style, um, certified as a coach through the National Career Development Association, fully higher ed career services. I was really making that transition to the startup life. But I also realized that every day, more and more, my to-do list was getting so, so long. And that some of the things on my to-do list were things that I was dreading doing for months. But then when I got to it, it might have taken me like 10 to 15 minutes or so, but really just weighed on me every day. And I was trying to think, how can I, in a way, like improve my life where I'm not just carrying the weight of all the things I'm not doing? And I can really celebrate all the things that I have been doing because so many folks I felt in a way kind of like a fraud um, because I was publicly doing all these things but I felt like I was just not living up to my potential so I was trying to figure out like how do I balance my life balance like my anxiety for example and really get to do the things that I want to do without like procrastinating or feeling like I needed to do it perfectly and honestly Samantha I, I stumbled upon like of course the Instagram like exploration page <laughs> the page that's like hey you like pages like this why don't you like our page and I followed a lot of like mental health positive psychology pages just things that like motivational quotes and from my psychology background I really do believe in the power of strengths positive psychology like the things that have really been empirically validated And more and more, I was looking into and seeing posts about like perfectionism, procrastination, and then ADHD just kept coming up. So I was like, okay, what is, what is this? And I actually had talked to a therapist about a year ago or so where I was diagnosed with anxiety and she pretty much like ruled out ADHD without really educating me on what that was. And the more and more I was looking into it, um, and then moving from Instagram more toward like the Mayo Clinic or towards some other like Um, specific sources, the more I was like, I think this might be some of the missing pieces to really understanding why in some ways I'm creating my own suffering, but how do I also keep that from like really saying like, oh, it's me, it's my personality that's the problem when it's more of like, how do I process the world? And I love that you said, um, I can't remember exactly how you said it, but I love that you recognized that something wasn't right. And just because a doctor said one thing, you trusted yourself. I say all the time that we know us best and it's so important to listen to that. So something felt off and you were still searching for information. So how does that aha moment change? How is that? I mean, you were looking for ways to improve your functioning and improve your performance, improve your confidence even. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. One thing I think too, is that when I look back and even think about like that, that therapist quote unquote, like ruling out ADHD, I don't remember her really ruling it in or again, like educating me about that because I actually had someone else recommend. I talk, talk to someone potentially about anxiety, potentially about ADD, like inattentive type. And I think that person was just a specialist in anxiety. And so like focused on that a lot. And I think it's very common for a lot of physical diagnoses 
to get a second opinion for sure. There's actually right now, um, just on Netflix, there's a show um, that was curated by the New York Times. It's called Diagnosis. And it's folks who are crowdsourcing like their rare disease, like something that they've only gotten one opinion on. There's super high stakes, um, super high stakes, like operations and surgeries and decisions they need to make on a short timetable. And I was just thinking too, when I was watching that, like I, I definitely, I cried, I teared up. I'd like, at some point I definitely even bawled because the way that they just felt so validated, even having the diagnosis and knowing, okay, these are the next steps was so validating. And I think for me, I'm still in the process. Like for folks um, listening in, like I've only had this diagnosed uh, professionally for two months, which means I've had it for even longer and honestly means I just have the diagnosis. I don't even know what exact treatment is going to be the best for me. And it is different for everyone. And I think the fact that you trusted yourself and kept looking is the best sign because you'll trust yourself and you'll know along the way if a certain type of treatment feels right or wrong. And I think that people have the the misconception that therapy has to be one way and that there's Mm -hmm. one, one course and there are so many different options. So I love that you kept looking, um, accepting the diagnosis. I love that you said it was validation because people will say to me, oh my God, I'm not crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And it's so wild too. You think about like how much we've grown as a society, as a world in like health, in modern ability to diagnose or modern ability to work through different like physical and mental, um, not only just like disorders, of course, but just like developments, right? ADHD, even though the D stands for disorder, it's not really a disorder. It's like how my brain like just is and is developed. And so there's nothing like really to fix. It's just about like how to work the best in a world that wasn't made for my type of brain when ADHD is like affects about 2% of the world population, which sounds super tiny, but if you're presenting to a a conference session of a hundred people, two people in there, two, three, four could easily have ADHD. And obviously if I'm presenting, at least one of them does, right? And how many don't know they have it yet or haven't, you know, they're difficulty concentrating or not being able to learn a certain way. I believe it's our job as educators, professionals to adapt how we teach, but not everyone does that. Uh, I love that you said it's not a disorder because I think that what people think our weaknesses or disadvantages are our biggest strengths. And your brain operate, there are things that your brain can do that mine can't that are amazing. It's just learning how to navigate it in this world. Yeah. And I've spoken a lot about like education, right? Or just like knowing certain things. So I'll let y'all know, or I'll let you, Samantha, know like what it's like for me. Like what are, were the signs for me? Um, And again, this is not like a diagnosis for other people. Again, this is the sense of my brain is specifically unique, even when it is an ADHD brain. And if this helps someone get a second opinion, and even if they don't have ADHD, it helps them have that validation of knowing themselves better. I hope that um, is something that helps. And I think the things I have the most trouble with are prioritizing tasks. I think I have the most trouble with things that just generally stress me out. So like things related to finance stress me out. So I put them off really bad. Um, I've heard in general, there's kind of two camps for ADHD of like 
how you work. Either you work really early on every day to make sure that it happens, or you use like all the energy of last minute procrastination to do things. I'm queen of doing things super last minute procrastinating. And then somehow like it works out really well. Um, but that's not how I want to live my life, right? Like that's a constant stress and stress impacts your entire body, not just your brain. Um, it tenses your muscles. It can shorten your life. Like it can just be such a pain, um, and so damaging to your life. And I'm in my mid twenties and I don't want to figure out that like my body is now like so aged and so stressed at such a young age, for example. Um, I think some things that are definite benefits that I realized like, okay, I can do this and some other folks can't do this. Um, definitely like creative problem solving, a lot of ideation and brainstorming. I know in my last role, I would end the day at about 5.30 PM. And there had been times people asked me like for ideas for things, names for different programs. And I could spit off things for hours if folks wanted me to. And that in a way wouldn't even um, take away energy for me. That would like create energy even when I was tired by the end of the day. Um, I definitely am very detail oriented. I can see when patterns are being violated and I can, like when like, hey, the pattern's not going in the order it's supposed to go or something's misspelled or it just seems like off. Like I can catch when there's an extra period put in things or an extra space in things. Um, and with that, that means I can also see a lot of patterns, especially related to people's stories. So as a career coach, what I've noticed the most is folks will tell me a few isolated stories or just tell me about an experience they've had. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense because like in your earlier experience, you did this and now you're planning on making this career change. All of that makes sense because it's all tied together by this one theme. And they're like, I thought my life was just random and you helped me make more of a story about what I'm doing. Yeah. And, and so I think for anyone listening, accepting isn't about, oh my God, I have to accept this horrible thing. Accepting is about now I can gather data to function at my best and perform at my best. And there's some trial and error and each person gets to decide how they work through it, but it's not a sentence or, I mean, it is a label in this world we live in, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing unless we let it and you are not letting it. Yeah. And I do think like there is some grief to it. And I do think there are times when I do let it, like, I think even right now I'm like more in a positive mood, but like even yesterday or a couple of days ago, there are just times when I really do feel like, like grief for not having known earlier grief for trying to understand that like, if my nephew will have it, like if it's genetic, for example, or like if my parents struggled and trying to get a sense for some of those things. Um, I think thinking about my last jobs and how much they could have been so much easier or like how like my manager, I could have helped my managers or my managers could have helped me a little bit more to be more successful. Um, and even for example, relationships, that I've not been able to maintain as much because I struggle like reaching back out to folks. Like if someone texts me, I, I forget about it the moment I'm not looking at it. There's a lot of forgetfulness with ADHD. Um, like right now my water heater, I finally put a sticky note on it that says replace because I think it's about to explode. Uh, not the house water heater, like one for tea, um, but I keep forgetting <laughs> to change it. And so in a way it's like, okay, do I need to just put it like on my work desk so that like I actually do it in that moment? Like what works the best for me? Is it counseling? Is it coaching of some sort? Because I tend to respond better to coaching than counseling. Like, how do I navigate those things? And I think for me, the toughest thing 
is that life has already been kind of difficult with ADHD. And the main advice I've gotten from folks is, well, you just need to work harder now in a new way. And I'm like, but I've been working hard this whole time. When can I get a break? And that, that those are the misperceptions in this world. The people who know and the people who you'll work with, it's about simplifying your life. It's not about making it more complicated or more stressful. But I want to point out, I think it's really interesting going a little bit into my own coaching mode, but you said when you're working with a client and they talk about where they were and where they are, you can make sense of it and see this whole content when they thought it was random. Mm -hmm. And so listening to you and the things you were talking about grief with, I think I just did the same thing where I was like, but that's what got you here. That got you here. Um, And all of it makes sense and ties it together. So it's really easy to judge ourselves and treat ourselves differently than we would other people. So I just want to point out that this was your path and this was how you were meant to figure it out. And and you're in a good and amazing place right now. So be a little bit less critical of the journey. Definitely. And I know Madeline, um, my, my current boss, um, she talks a lot about the sense of like being in the bottle, but not being able to read the label. Like you're so in whatever you're in, whether that's your job search, right. Or your diagnosis or just kind of the transition or phase of your life that you can't see the outside that some other folks can. And sometimes it's very clear to the point where like your friends and family and close loved ones, or even acquaintance lets you know, but sometimes you do need like that expertise, like coaching for that sense of like putting it together. Cause you need like the years of expertise they have, the amount of time that they've done this kind of thing, the way they've helped clients and their testimonials, letting you know that they've worked for folks with folks similar to you. And like you said, like we have certain emotions and feelings for a reason. For example, in general, and especially as coaching professionals, we know this folks will run away from pain rather than running to like, to being better, like to just growing in some way, right? We want to run away from the negative. So the, the point in my life where I was like, something has to change. Something's going wrong. Something is off. Like, and that grief associated with it, grief exists to let us know that something like we need to process through something and move through things. It's like when we um, consider anger, like a horrible emotion, but anger is about like feeling that rights have not been righted and there's not justice and you want to create justice. Right. So I think grief has a lot of that, of course, stigma to it, but it's allowed me to really sense like, how much I've grown even in the last two months or, or even maybe even the last six months, but I didn't realize because I didn't have that, like that framework that the diagnosis provides. And you've mentioned, you've talked a few times about anxiety. Mm -hmm. Is that easier for you to be open about, or is that something you've been aware of and dealt with for longer? So I was, I was diagnosed with anxiety about a year ago. So not so long in the course of my life, but definitely obviously longer than ADHD. And definitely in the first few months or so, I definitely kept it under wraps. Like I didn't tell anyone except for like close friends and things like that. Um, But I've definitely been a lot more open about it. I let people know about it. I think one thing I've tried to do is not make jokes about it. (laughs) It's just like be like frank and be like, yeah, I have anxiety. Because I think sometimes it's easy, especially when you have depression or anxiety to be like, oh, yeah, that's my anxiety speaking. Sometimes other people don't perceive that as a joke. They think you're making fun of it or like, you're being self-deprecating and it's a way of you being mean to yourself in public. And so I try not to make jokes. And I remember 
Um, one thing that I did uh, that kind of helped me was I actually posted about my anxiety on LinkedIn. So I think I was doing a video series in December and I talked about it quite a bit. And the funny thing about LinkedIn is so many people think, okay, it's this platform that I can only post like the time I did a slide deck at a presentation or that I got a new job or have a promotion. But if you haven't been on LinkedIn and you start looking through your feed, you'll see that there's a mix of, of course, the celebrations, the kind of job openings, recruiting, job offers, things. But you also see people talking about their lives in the context of work, like that work-life balance, things that people do to recharge on the weekends. And my post about anxiety like helped open conversations with folks, even folks who didn't like comment directly on the post publicly. Um, there's still like the direct messages and opportunities for folks to ask questions or talk, ask me about my journey or how things have been going. And I think that really normalizes the space. And of course, if you're a mental health professional, if your profession is mental health, of course, talk about it. But if that's something that is impacting your work or that you can help other people with, like if I make a post about my ADHD and I talk about, um, for example, one thing that's been really helping me a lot is just truly listening to my body and what times I work. Like I do not function well between two to 4 p.m. Eastern time. <laughs> I can't, I have to take a break then. And, but I can also wake up at six in the morning and work and hyper-focus until noon, right? And so like my days are kind of blocked in these ways and that was hard in a nine to five. And what's the first thing you do when it's hard for you? Oh, it must be my fault. Everyone else can do it. Everyone else can do a nine to five. We call it the nine to five and everyone else does it. And so really and truly listening to yourself and realizing, okay, if two to 4 p.m. Eastern time does not work for me, maybe the nine to five doesn't work for me. And maybe I can also make a change and a career change that allows me some more of that flexibility. And I was just really lucky the things aligned with getting to know myself and getting to know Self-Made Millennial and Madeline Mann's like the business that she's building, that I have that flexibility now. And she knows that like, hey, I'm still available to connect, but I'm not doing some of the deep work that I would be doing at some other times that are just way better for my brain. And I, and I think that that's what this show is all about. Like if we share our stories someone listening relates and mm -hmm. it's not about spilling our guts. It's really about letting people know this could help and there are options and you can get through it. So, um, I love, I love that you're letting people know you can do that on LinkedIn because it, I, I used to think it was this professional only platform and it's becoming much more interactive and informative. Yes. And I, and to be very uh, transparent with you in the audience, I haven't posted about ADHD on LinkedIn. Like, I think my first post about it will be like talking about being on this podcast. And I think there's a fear. And I say, I think there's a fear. I know there's a fear because I have this fear <laughs> that when you have a diagnosis or something changes in your life, that's super big. You think about it so much because it's new. You're looking through things in a new lens and you feel like, oh no, now everyone's just going to think I'm the, that. So for example, I'm vegan, right? And so people are like, oh, she's the vegan. Who does that? Um, Sammy is, has ADHD. She is ADHD. And it's like, you can talk about things that are part of your life 
without them having to be your whole life. And it's also not a bad thing if it is your whole life. Like I know some folks who you're like, they champion the vegan cause so much that they want their names to be associated with being vegan. I think that's amazing. Like it's really important to champion your causes and for personal branding, right? In building your career and thinking about the the next levels and promotions and the goals that you have, like being known for certain things is really helpful. And I'm hoping with me, like I'm trying to think about like, what does that look like for me? I hope that means that I'm championing aspects of personal development, of knowing yourself, of reflection. And ADHD is just kind of like the lens of which I do it versus like being like an ADHD blogger. Right. And we are not our diagnosis. We have a voice and we can use it. However, you don't have to go on podcasts or make posts, (laughs) but even just being open and telling one person starts conversations. And that's the only way people will understand what it's really like, because otherwise we have perceptions from TV or the movies or stories. And there are people living successfully every day. And that doesn't mean every day is simple, Mm -hmm. but it's proof that there's hope and you're not alone. And if people want to connect with you to learn more, where and how can they do that? Yeah. One of the best ways folks can connect with me, I've been talking about this a little bit, uh, honestly, is LinkedIn. I check it every day. It's a huge part of what I do in Self-Made Millennial. Um, I'm hoping to, of course, as I mentioned, like post about not only this podcast, but my own journey and how that impacts like even traditional advice about productivity. Like a lot of traditional productivity advice does not work for me. (laughs) It can't work for me. So how do I like amend some of these things? And so the best way to find me is on LinkedIn. So that's my name, Sammy Walker Herrera. And the URL would be www.linkedin.com slash in slash Sammy, S-A-M-M-I-E-M-L Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R. And we will put all of that in the show notes in case you're not near pen and paper. (laughs) Um, As I am want to be, yes. (laughs) Any other thoughts, last words you want people to be left with? Yeah, Hmm. I think... There's so much to balance when the entire lens of your life is shifted. And it's very easy to feel like you have to change everything and it all has to be in all different parts of your life. I think also, if you're just coming to understand ADHD, then a lot of your friends and family, they just won't understand. And that doesn't mean that they don't care about you or love you or looking to learn, but it is really important to find a community and connect with some folks. Um, For example, one of my closest friends from grad school, she also has ADHD, but she and I are exactly the opposite and our ADHD is pretty much exactly the opposite, which is hilarious. And I love that for me and Jen. So (laughs) thinking about that, like, how do you find a community? How do you find a couple of folks who really do understand in that realm? And as you educate or you, you can choose to educate, you don't have to, right? Um, Folks in your life, you will get annoying questions, right? Like, I talk about, sometimes I feel like procrastination is ruining my life. Someone else will be like, oh yeah, I procrastinate a lot too. Not the same. (laughs) It can be really frustrating. And I think also being a leader, like if you want to, like being a voice and just talking about your own experience, as I mentioned, like it doesn't have to be limited to, as you mentioned, podcasts or even LinkedIn, Um, being able to create content or embed that in some of the things that you've been doing, I think is really helpful and it helps it not only helps other people understand you, but it helps you understand yourself. 
And just like you went through a change, a lot of times when we go through something, whether it's accepting a diagnosis or a loss or a move, mm-hmm. we want to make change. So I, I absolutely know that someone listening is not in love with what they're doing and feels pulled another way. So Sammy's the person, perfect person to reach out to, um, to, to help you navigate that path. So uh, I just want to point that out that that change can be part of the healing process and it doesn't have to be scary, especially when you're talking to people who have been there and, and can tell you truths, not just, you know, facts from Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. And I, again, like, I just want to reiterate, like talking about through things, whether it's with a therapist, with a friend, even someone like you're meeting in a podcast, like I personally didn't realize until I said it out loud with you that my career change couldn't have come at the perfect time. Like it couldn't come at a better time. And it was just so aligned with things going on in my personal life that if you realize like that career change is also important to you, like, and you, you just didn't realize that from what's going on, like, that's okay. That's totally normal. I did it by accident and maybe you can do it on purpose. And, and I say that that's the universe. You put something out there to the universe and you started looking into what's going on with me. I don't believe that that's a coincidence. I think the universe immediately rewarded you. So to, to anybody that starts talking about where you're at and where you want to be, things just start showing up and, and you'll be having this conversation with somebody saying the same thing. Like it, it just showed up at the right time. (laughs) Uh, And you don't have to believe in all that woo woo stuff, but I think that by, by letting the world know what we do want and, and those things that they appear. Yeah. Well, then my wish is that this appears to to all the right people it needs to appear to. Thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's a big step. Congratulations on doing that. Thank, Thank you, you. With us and to everyone listening until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hab community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.